Welcome back once again to Off Record On Point, the podcast that's all about workplace culture with a twist. I'm Julia Linehan, the founder and CEO of The Digital Voice. And I'm Casey Long. Today, we're joined by the amazing Gabrielle Pearson, CPO at Seenness. And as always, you can check the description for our usual list of resources to keep the conversation going. Here's a sneak preview of what's in store. Internet as a whole uh, stands for between 2 and 4% of the total emissions. Wow. So as a comparison, you have the entire uh, aviation industry, which is 2%. No way. Just think you put yourself at risk either way. If you're putting it out there publicly, someone could always come along and say, well, that's not enough or... But you're a car manufacturer or... Yeah. Sustainability efforts were seen as cost and risk mitigation. Whereas of now, we see a paradigm shift in that it's actually more seen as a value creation. Maybe it's going after some easy wins first, things you can do. Yeah, the low-hanging fruit. And that's where I think we see a lot of companies going now when, when we start coming into what actually matters, right? Which is taking actions and actually reducing their footprint. Focus on actual reduction make it count, measure it, and show what you've done. Today, we're talking about the age of sustainability, which is a big conversation in the industry. Julia, what are we up against? This was a really hard one to think about how I could succinctly say why this is such an important topic. I think sustainability is bandied around, but it really means something. To put it in context, online advertising consumption is uh, contributes to around, I think it's between 10 and 20% of the total internet infrastructure's energy consumption. So take a minute for that, that's 10 to 20%. So our industry is having a significant impact. But this podcast is always about workplace culture. And what's more significant is over half of all companies People who are working for those, really, it really matters to them that their company takes sustainability and eco, anything to do with their environmental issues and causes seriously. So this is something that if you do good um, as a company, you will bring on good talent that supports you in doing that. And as an industry, as a collective, we can make a real change. Um, but that's just, that's just my opinion. And my opinion matters zilch compared to who we have on with us today. So Gabby, I'm so happy to have you here because that's just my view on it, but you're the expert and we're really going to get under the hood about what you think and also really good advice to give out to companies and to people and to the industry as to what we can do. But I'm going to start. I'd love to know. Just, Just Gabby, tell us a little bit about your journey to where you are now and especially I think with that slant of how you became so involved in, in sustainability. Sure, absolutely. And and first of all, very just very nice to be here. Good to uh, have and you here. speak to the both of you. Thank you. You're welcome here. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my journey... Uh, both in advertising and, and sustainability within media and advertising started uh, at the same time as I joined Seamless, um, uh, uh, which was now soon to be three years ago. Um, so I have a background. I used to work at McKinsey uh, and Company. And then as part of, of uh, my work there, I, I um, encountered uh, this and sort of saw the, the journey that they were on. Uh, and uh, realized that, okay, this this is something really cool and this is something I want to take part in. Definitely. So you're one of those people that is in that, I take it seriously with the company I work for and I take their values as important to more working there. Ah, definitely, definitely. Mm. Seeing this is uh, doing something really amazing 
both when it comes to sustainability, uh, uh, when it comes to performance and quality and pushing new barriers of what you can do in, within advertising overall, but then also as, a, as an employee and, and part of the company, uh, the cultural values and, and the company's values are, are um, very important too. I'm going to jump on something because I started this by, by citing that figure, that 10 to 20 percent, the online mm. advertising, you know, our, our, our baby, our industry, what we live and breathe every day, that we're contributing to the total internet uh, infrastructure and energy consumption. Can you just tell us a bit more about the how and the why of that? Of, of how internet is, is driving emissions? Yeah, I think so, because I think otherwise it doesn't, it can... It just feels so big, doesn't it, when you say the internet? Yeah, it does, right? So we produce 10 to 20% of the total infrastructure's consumption of the total internet. I, I think it's worse, and I think this is where a lot of people find it hard and don't almost want to, don't want to talk about it because they're worried about saying the wrong thing. So I'm hoping you can yeah. put some clarity on that. No, definitely. And I think that's also where we started a little bit uh, three years ago uh, as well, when, when we started to, to look into this. Um, because seeing this, the, the core of what we do is actually, uh, we, we do video streaming and display. Um, and we stream instead of the conventional way where you download. So you download the entire thing. We only stream um, the packages that you need. And that was initially um, developed uh, for the purpose of, of delivering high quality instantly uh, but as a byproduct of that it also requires less data uh, so what we did uh, three years ago uh, was the same as um, sort of understanding okay but what is the link here between internet and uh, emissions and what is the link here between internet and data and emissions mm -hmm. because at that point in time it, it's been reached quite a bit but it was not really known to the industry that, that is, this is actually a problem uh, and uh, it's essentially comes down to the fact that we have we when we send a video or when we send uh, a static or when we send an ad of any kind, we're using the internet. Yeah, everything has a cost. Exactly right, and and what I didn't realize at that point was that the the, the amount of emissions that it actually drives. So it, internet as a whole uh, stands for between two and four percent of the total emissions. Wow. So as a comparison, you have the entire uh, aviation industry, which is 2%. No way. So it's more than entire aviation industry. More than planes. Well, I feel less guilty booking up my holidays now at the very least, although it's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> Crack on with the journey to Florida, Casey. You're all right. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But when we think about then mm. you know, big stats like that, big numbers that we're producing more carbon emissions than... Mm air traffic with the rise then of programmatic we now also are starting to factor in emissions that are going across trillions of different ad auctions that are taking place every single day from where you're sat measuring evaluating and really getting under the hood of everything do you see things as progressively getting worse or do you see a greener future do you see progress I think I think both at the same time, right? Because as you say, you have one force, which is we are actually when we have the rise of the programmatic system, right? And we also have the rise of or explosion of data that's connected to delivering video and images online. So every year, data transfer increased by by twenty percent. So in that regard, right. uh, it's not looking very good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there is also a very positive way in that, well, up until like two years ago, 
the industry hasn't really looked into this or hasn't really tried to to take measures. And now we are seeing that there is a tremendous impact or tremendous difference about the conversations and the actions in the companies two years ago versus it is now. And actually what, what we're trying to do and what we also see in other actors trying to do is, okay, but how can we optimize uh, what we do and just remove a lot of day, uh, waste? Yeah. So for example, and this comes both to, when it comes to the programmatic uh, ecosystem and when it comes to, to creative delivery, that actually you don't need to send that much data to get the business out. You don't need to send that that um, uh, uh, that much data to to get the the quality that you want or the loading instantly that you want. Uh, and a lot of that can can um, uh, can be progressed by just being smarter um, if and how uh, we send data or if and how we uh, do options. That's interesting. So you mentioned earlier that when seeing this originally realized the reduced carbon emissions that come with streaming as opposed to downloading their ad units. Is there anything else that's seen this are doing to go green? Is it just that there's this fabulous bride product, it's low emissions and we're rolling with it? Or is there anything else that you guys are trying to lead some of the industry with to make sure that everyone's receiving the message? I would say we're doing three, three parts. So we're, we're about, uh, reducing our own negative impact uh optimizing the positive impact and uh also in the meantime helping the industry sort of understand and get a grasp of how to think and and work with sustainability and and if we take uh if we take the middle part which is which is around uh, increasing our positive impact it is exactly what you talk about the the product uh that we have so a lot of the the handprint uh, is is typically what you talk about uh, when you you uh, want to create a positive change in the world uh, beyond your your own uh, your own emissions. That has to do a lot with the investments in the product. And and today, uh, you know, you can see up to forty percent reduction by streaming. Wow! But that is by no means done, right? Like, there's a lot of more optim- optimizations we can do to the product and and like further reduce that. Uh, and we have released quite a few um, uh, updates to our technology, for example, segment by segment optimizations where like you look at the creative and, and you just like squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze. So you get the even the same high quality and the same um, uh, into the loading, but you reduce it even further. Just tiny, tiny. Then, of course, we also look into, into our own uh, footprint as a whole. Uh, and and have signed up to uh, or set a target uh, that has been approved by SBTI, and then we're working uh, on that in parallel, right, uh, as well. I think this is really interesting, though, because you, you're making, you're doing all the all this great stuff, and I always believe in the notion that you know you at the end of the day you can't control other people's actions. You can only be responsible for your mm. own. So taking that wider, I can only be responsible for the digital voices, actions, and how we how where we take our efforts on sustainability. But every company should have that feel that larger responsibility. You've highlighted some areas where seeing this as, as taken action on what they can do. Yeah. For other companies, I'm always a bit concerned because I think a lot of companies are like, hang on one sec, we want to be really creative. We want to create these, we're pushing the boundaries on creative formats. 
on high on extensive data we're heavily led on data it can't all be done in order to achieve this um, the end result we our hands are tied i don't think that's the case but i'm hoping you as the expert can explain why and maybe what can other companies and this is very broad brush but what can other companies do first you have to be aware about the problem and i think in the for a long time and still today, uh, uh, the industries like there's a huge educational part in uh, how what is actually our footprint, mm. where does it come from, what is the big sources of emissions, and where should we start uh, to tackle. And then, and then the next phase is around start to measure it, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, it's actually better if you you do what is a big and and uh, what is big and what is small, so you can start prioritizing. But so you don't you don't get get caught up in the nitty-gritty details of getting it exactly right. Maybe it's going after some easy wins first, things you can do. Yeah, the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and and sort of, and that's where I think we see a lot of companies going now when when we start coming into what actually matters, right? Which is taking actions and actually reducing their footprint. Yeah. It is a lot to do with actually looking for vendors uh, and looking for partners and see, okay, well, first of all, what can you do with your own footprint? Uh, and then also looking uh, to partners and see, okay, what kind of offerings are out there? And, and how can I collectively uh, with industry sort of help uh, reduce, um, reduce my footprint and, and work on the reduction part? This feeds into a really important topic to mention when we think about sustainability. I feel like I'm saying a swear word at you when I say this right now, Gabrielle. Casey doesn't swear, so I'm on tenterhooks now. Go on, Casey. Greenwashing. (laughs) So when we talk about the low-hanging fruit, the superficial efforts towards sustainability or targets or whatever's out there, greenwashing um, has been a real issue, and we've seen some companies that have been called out. They got it so wrong. So My wrong. God. How would you advise companies to avoid greenwashing? Why do you think this happens so often? I, I think it ha- comes down to two parts. Um, one is, again, uh, education uh, about uh, oh, so sustainability uh, knowledge, basically, right? Like a lot of the, the greenwashing is not intentional. Um, uh, but rather that you, that you didn't know you were not supposed to talk about it in that way. Right. They mean well, sometimes. Exactly. They, they, you mean well, but, but it ends up uh, in the wrong way. And there's so many examples of this. Mm. The problem here is also it comes back and, and, and haunts you a little bit later. There was a oh, case definitely. in Sweden where you had a, a dairy producer um, saying that they were, uh, I think they said they were carbon neutral. And then five years later, uh, they were... Uh, convicted in, in court, convicted maybe it's not the right term, oh, but they, boy. they were found guilty of, of greenwashing. Oof. So you really need to be well-versed uh, on, on uh, you know, how should we talk about this? Yeah, when you make big claims. The problem is when you start, rather than focusing on actual climate change, you start to focus on fulfilling the reporting guidelines or you start doing it for only um, business uh, purposes, then it's easy to get lost, right? Yeah. If we come back to what is the real thing we're trying to do here, uh, which is actually uh, improving uh, improving the climate or like reducing emissions uh, for climate purposes, right? It's easier to stay on the right line. Right. But then on the flip side, I think there's also 
a danger in the opposite part because we talk a lot about green washing, but there's also the flip side of green hushing, which ah. is almost equally as bad, right? Where companies you get so afraid of talking about anything you so because you're so afraid about the scrutiny that you refrain to talk about uh your advancements uh and your footprint which could actually serve as really great examples uh to drive the industry forward right i've never heard the term green hushing green hushing heard it here first (laughs) thank you gabby for that we love that but it's really it is a big threat and obviously we, we work at the front end of communications as a PR agency. And we're always advising our clients, look, don't, don't just do it for the sake of it. Don't jump on the International Women's Day unless you absolutely have a clear gender pay, gender, equal, equal gender pay. Parity. Parity. Thank you, Casey. But, and it's very important. It's not just sustainability. It's not just for Christmas. It's all year round. Don't just say you do it. Do it. But I equally agree. People are so nervous about being trashed in on I'm not going to name the platforms, but certain platforms. And I think that well, that's exactly, that's just the last thing we want. But I think they've just got to be clear on exactly, if they're doing it with good intentions and it's based on facts and they really are delivering it, then I think that that's, you don't need to, you shouldn't be mindful, should you? I'm wondering in what instance they would, wouldn't feel comfortable about saying what they're achieving. Just think you put yourself at risk either way. If you're putting it out there publicly, someone could always come along and say, well, that's not enough or. But you're a car manufacturer or yeah. Poke holes in it or yeah. I suppose it's a bit like with electric car. I drive an electric car, but it's obviously built with an electric, a lithium battery, which I believe is, uses up uh, the equivalent of a, I'd be driving it for a hundred years. I can't think of, I'm going to get this wrong, but you'd have to drive it for a, a certain amount of time in order to be net into be net zero um so there's two sides to everything but at the same time it does reduce emissions it does reduce pollution so it's like quid pro quo isn't it even food stuff when you think about dairy milk versus like almond milk almonds are very unsustainable to grow in certain places but is that better off because of the carbon emissions that cows let out like you never never fully know you can never 100 percent win so i guess that's why green hushing is people just thinking there's always going to be a flip side, like you said, Gabrielle. Definitely. Well, I've, that actually, but then, so then it was made us, that's made me think. So, you know, the B Corp certification, you know, a part of me is a little bit cynical going, oh, goodness, is it just a, a badge that you people are going through the motions, getting the badge for, for again, the cynic in me for, for branding purposes, for PR, for publicity, uh, how much value do you, do you put on that? And do you think it is something that's really important and that you have to jump? What's your experience of B Corp certification? Do you have to jump through so many hoops that those that do receive it have worked for it? I'm somewhat familiar with the B Corp, um, uh, but we're we're not signed up or we're not part of it uh, as of yet, at least. But if I if I take something maybe similar, but not the same uh, at all, which is SBTI and and like basically kind of um, validations of marks that you sign up to. Um, I do see that there is a definitely um, a benefit uh, with them. Um, it's not, but, but again, it comes back to that. It's not about that that should be the end goal, um, mm. but it helps. Um, it, it can help with credibility and help with, uh as you say like the the confusion that that might exist in um 
from from clients and from users uh, and from customers and and try to understand what is uh, what is good and what is not right so i think i think it definitely has its place um but it's important that you don't stop there but it, it's part of the process and part of the progress if you will it's an interesting one you know i started this by saying 50 percent of of all of employees are now looking at companies and making decisions on the companies they go to based upon their sustainability values and if we take that I wonder if in the future it's going to be you know you look at a company based upon their workplace culture their benefits their health packages and their B Corp mm. certification I wonder if uh, if that will go down that route I could see it yeah potentially uh, but I think it comes back again to you need to be honest and you need to do it for uh, it should not be just a layer that you tick off because of employer branding purposes. It should not be just a layer that you tick off because then you might sell um, more of your product. It should be because like sustainability should, should come from uh, that. You actually want to do a change. But, but then with that said, I think it's, it's very interesting to see now. Uh, I, I don't know if you read the report from McKinsey and now it was a year ago. So that, uh, uh, we're actually starting to see a shift where uh, up until now sustainability efforts were seen as cost and risk mitigation whereas of now we see a paradigm shift in that it's actually more seen as a value creation mm. so it can go more hand in hand where companies are leaning in and companies that just don't wait for the regulations to come and like then you will do something and you rather lean in there's a real opportunity to here to both do good for the right reasons and to benefit from it and and your company benefit from it also from um, ecosystem uh, position or like from uh, claiming a position in in the ecosystem i should say that's a win 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 all around isn't it a triple win you might say triple win exactly <laughs> and and the moment to do that is is now yeah 100% i'm curious cuz obviously we talk about a lot of these actions and there can be headlines out there that strike fear in people that give it a sense of urgency we've seen adoption of sustainability efforts and targets be set and and aggressive ones at that a lot of times from where you're sat and from the data that you look at and how close you are to this topic, do you ever feel green guilt? Do, is it ever, do you think I'm not doing enough or, you know, just like impending doom a little bit, I guess, over all of it? Oh yeah. Are we doing enough? Yeah, I definitely get it. But is, is there anything that you've experienced where you think, well, we, I, I know that we're making strides in this and we can reduce some of those feelings of anxiety and impending doom and focus on genuine change and the good stuff and good work that people are doing over uh, everywhere i mean it's definitely daunting right like when you when you see the reports that are released uh on, on where we are at and and uh, how far off we are from actually meeting uh, the the 2030 target um it's not it's not you go home and feel oh this is great it's going fantastic right <laughs> yeah but but I think then then you feel that and then you go back to work and and then I feel at least very um, positive and good about both what what our company is doing and how we help through through streaming and what we can do to help clients actually reduce their footprint and I also feel very happy about that it's not only us driving this change in the industry you have all these 
companies now like uh, or organizations like Anet Zero, like Scope Three, like yeah. Impact Plus, like Good Loop, like uh, IAB, and now I've forgot a, a lot of them, right? And all the media agencies. So I really no, it doesn't feel fantastic uh, where we are, but I see the the change happening and the steps in the right direction. And I think that's yeah. you know we're we're always very pro on this is talking about look. It, it is what it is. And there are things that aren't perfect, but you have to just take control and do what you can do. So in the nature of that, what's the five most, I'm putting you on the spot here with five, go for three, yeah. three top most important things that an individual and a company could do to, when, in, to, remember, to make those steps and make changes for sustainability. Let's go with company because uh, yeah, let's start with companies. See what you hit with. I feel like you've broken a record here a little bit because they're coming back to the same things. I think if they're the right things, I honestly think it needs set. You know, do say it. Yeah, yeah. In a way, we just got to keep banging that drum. Go for it, Gabby. Because I guess in one sense, it's uh, it's hard and it's simple at the same time, right? One is edu- like educating not just your sustainability department or having a sustainability department, but actually having the entire organization. Uh, knowledgeable about sustainability, what that means for your company and relates to your company uh, and how to think about it and how to talk about it. Mm. Then next step is to get a grasp of your footprint. Doesn't have to be the nitty gritty details, just have to be the big and small. And then you work uh, gradually in, in improving that because you want to come to the next step, which is actually reduction. Uh, and it needs to be reduction. Offsetting, uh, as I'm, I'm sure you've heard, there's a lot of controversy around that. And it's not necessarily a bad thing if you do it at the end, but you need to start with reduction. You can never uh, be done or, or think that you're done until you reach true zero um, from from re- reducing alone. Love it. Educate, measure, reduce. Got it. The secret sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to know, Gabby. What sustainability changes do you want to see in the next 12 months worldwide? If we were to come back and have another episode of Off Record On Point with you and said, what's the biggest thing you've seen happen this year? What would you want it to be? I want to see reduction, actual change, actual reduction. We have as an industry come to a point now where we we have focused on a lot of uh, education, a lot of on measuring, and that's good. But we won't have an impact on the uh, environment until we reduce. So we need to start with reduce, reduce, and we need to start do it now. That's what we need to do. That's the actions. But I think there's a lot of people that have done good already. So we decided in the quick fire round to do Gabrielle's awards, and this is a chance for you to give trophies <laughs> and hand out to people and company who have shown real real successes in sustainable practices initiatives. So I'm going to hit you with seven. Quick fire, Christy. Quick fire. Whoa. Gabby's Awards. It's going to take off. Fantastic. Start selling seats for the awards show. I feel like we need an intro song for it. (laughs) 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 Okay, first up, most deserving unsung hero. Yeah, I I think I want to give that to a lot of the researchers here. Like we forget that a lot of the the movement and the change that we see now is based upon uh, researchers that have dedicated more or less their entire lives to this. There is there is Anderson Deer and Jens Malmodin and uh, a, a selection of five, ten, ten uh, individuals that really push the agenda here. So I think uh, they come from Chalmers, KTH, Stanford, uh, Cambridge and so forth. So I think they 
we forget about them, but we use a lot of their work in, in what we're doing here. Fabulous. Shout out to the researchers. Um, the opposite of Green Hush, Green Shout, who's the most vocal about sustainability? I think this this award could be handed out to uh, so many uh, different organizations and companies. I think... Uh, I've got to push you on this. You got to, You can only have one. Only one? We can have a highly commended. Oh, you're too soft. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but I think, I think Anna Zero is one, for example. I think they're doing a fantastic job in, in uh, educating and, and driving uh, change here. Fabulous. Biggest influencer. This is number three. Turn up on our awards. Oh. But now I want to I wanna sort of mention a few because otherwise we'll forget about it, right? Go on, you can have a few. Good Loop, I think are, they're fantastic. Yes. We have IAB, uh, IAB Tech Lab, they're doing a, a great job. SRI and, and France in general, is they are really uh, fantastic uh, in driving this agenda. Scope 3 uh, and a lot of, of, of I've forgotten a, a bunch now. <laughs> It's difficult when you put on the stadium on the stage with your with your trophy in hand. <laughs> you want to have like a lot of different trophies. You should you should create a lot of different trophies here because seriously, <laughs> this is going to take off. There are a lot of trophies to give out. They all deserve their flowers for their efforts. That's for sure. They do. So next one, most unexpected idea that shone a light on sustainability. There was one campaign. Uh, I've have, actually haven't seen it, but I heard about it uh, a couple of years ago by a company called Oatly in Sweden. Oh, I love Oatly. We love Oatly. Yeah. And we love their campaigns. I've reviewed them on advertisers watching ads, which is uh, Tom Ollerton's podcast. It's just brilliant, brilliant. Love it. But they did, they did, they did uh, um, an ad that's, said this was a couple of years ago but they didn't add that said something in the line with we are net zero and to get there we had to cheat <laughs> which basically says that you know we're so far from being there and we need to collectively work on this because it's almost impossible to be net zero today and and it's uh, got it oh i love it always with the truth right so next one three to go mm-hmm. best sustainability initiative that will last Ooh. Um, Ooh. SPTI is actually really good. SPTI because it's it's connected also to uh, the European Union and, and it's sort of taking it from uh, very rigid uh, and, and sometimes uh, hard to understand processes to to maybe a little bit simpler for for active being put into practice. Nice, lovely. So, best company for sustainability practices. The award goes to oh, but there's a bunch. <laughs> Can I give it to the entire industry? Because I actually... Uh, I love that. Okay, maybe it took a little bit of time before we actually started to, to take action. But now we have really taken action really quickly. The award goes to the entire industry. For all our listeners in the industry, we won. Go us. Final one. Rising star of sustainability. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I, maybe I, I, I want to give that to our own sustainability lead, I think, uh, whose name is uh, Simon Johansson. This is Simon Johansson. Oh, he'll love that. He brings in a lot of experience when it comes to sustainability from the non-digital uh, and non-advertising world, which is fantastic uh, and has really propelled 
uh, our thinking and 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 the industry thinking um because i said maybe maybe we moved a little bit late but and then uh, we have a lot to learn from from other industries that we can bring in go on simon yeah mad yay well done oh gabby thank you so much for putting on being put on the spot there and giving out your awards i honestly think it's got legs and we could create a whole awards on this i agree there's been so many things that stood out within that within today's podcast and i think my takeaways from this is four things which is number one know the why why are you doing it number two do good for the right reasons don't get caught out by not number three focus on actual reduction make it count measure it and show what you've done and be able to measure that success and the fourth one is don't green hush green preen shout about what you've done and keep shining a light on this because I think that's the only way we as an industry can keep going. And, and as you say, Gabby, Gabby, you've called our industry as an award-winning for at least making massive headway and steps forward. So that's my takeaways. And it's been an incredible session. Thank you so much. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gabby. And that is a wrap on this episode, there's obviously still huge ongoing conversations to be had about sustainability and with education being such a major thing that we talked about today being a huge key, be sure to check out the description for some of those resources to arm yourself with all the knowledge that Gabrielle has shared with us today. Thank you so much for your time, Thanks, Gabby. Gabby. Great to have you here. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Off Record On Point. And that's it. That is a wrap for season two. It has been an incredible season, uh, just from start to finish, utterly mind-blowing. As always, I'm Julia Linehan. And I'm Casey Long. I can't believe season two is all wrapped up. Enjoyed the conversation? Reach out and let us know by rating and reviewing on YouTube or your favorite listening platform. And be sure to follow to never miss an update on our future episodes. And as always, you can stay connected with us at www.thedigitalvoice.co.uk or across all our social platforms. Just look out for The Digital Voice. Join us again in future for more undercover industry deep dives, all off record, all on point. That is Mike Drop. Boom. Mm-hmm.